Alright, run it. Hey y'all, we are back. Hey. Misfits. <laughs> hey y'all, we are back again for another round. This is Michelle, aka Mishi57. Yes, that's me on Instagram. And I also have with me today again Toya. And that is Toy underscore Renee on IG. Right, right, right. Just in case you guys want to follow me. Just in case it don't it don't matter, we'll take all follows. Right. And welcome you guys to actually episode one eighty six of the Aqua Minority Podcast. And we are back again with just because black and oh my gosh, I said just because of black. <laughs> because of black. So we are here with the Because of Black Book Club giving our bi monthly book review and this time I think we have a really good one for you guys. Um it is my sister, the serial killer. And that is uh, Oyika Braithwaite. So um, we are going to talk about a little bit about that book, give you our feedback, our thoughts, what we um, enjoyed about it, what we may not have enjoyed about it. So, um, And we do realize that this was the October's book. Right. And we're now <laughs> in a whole nother year. Happy 2021, everybody. Too, That's by right. The way. Please don't hold this against, against us. You it's know, we're on you know, CPT. Know. Right. <laughs> it was the holiday time, you know, we just had to sit back and enjoy, but we're definitely glad to, to get back and get into it. Yes. Um, so thanks once again to uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth and Lady Godiva for um, letting us take over their platform for a little while to do this today. Um, so basically, you guys, if you are going to um, decide how you're going to consume the book, whether you are going to do it through audio or if you're going to get a physical copy, we can definitely tell you where to get the physical copy from. And that's once again with Semicolon Bookstore and Gallery. Uh, it's the bookstore we used last time. So if you uh, got the previous book, uh, you would be able to order from that site as well. So so pretty much that's basically the... Check them out. The checks and balances of it, you guys. So uh, And they are black-owned, right? Yes, them. yes. Every bookstore, you guys, that we um, go through will definitely be black-owned. So... If you, you know have any bookstore suggestions that you know are black owned, you know drop us so we can definitely look into them um, and support because that's what it's all about over here. So yes, that is definitely correct. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, so let's get started. So yes, the book once again is My Sister the Serial Killer. So basically, what we got here is just what I thought was a really you know interesting and. Um, Kind of, you know, at time, dark humor time. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, it was basically, we have a book here about a black female serial killer. So, how did that make you feel? Knowing that we are fans of true crime through and through. So, how did you feel about going into a book knowing that you were going to be reading possibly about a black female serial killer? I was excited. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I had kind of mixed emotions. Excited <laughs> because it's rare. Mm -hmm. How often do we hear about a black serial killer, right? But then at the same time, I've never ex really experienced it. So I, I was interested to see how that played out in this book. Yeah, that And I wasn't disappointed. You know, like, and then thinking about that, I am like, how do we have any black female? I, I'm pretty sure we have at least one black female serial killer as an accomplice. Right. But, you know, but as black women, we really don't give a fuck. You know, we, we're going on with our life. Yeah, that's We true. don't care enough to really want to <laughs> kill somebody unless... Is concerning our kids, mm -hmm. 
maybe husband, you know, people have killed over their spouses, yeah. parents. Mm-hmm. Has to be really important, but for us to go on a spree <laughs> to kill, you know, just like random people. Oh gosh, I love it though. But you're Girl, right. I gotta get up in the morning. I, right, I would not have time. I wouldn't have time. I would be caught at murder one because I would be lazy. I'd be like, Man, and I gotta get my hair done on Monday. Like I don't have time Mm-mm. to be in jail. Mm-mm. Not at, at all. all. We're not built for the prison life. I can right. tell you that right now. I've had one. I'll get back into that story another time. Let's just say, I know I'm not built for the prison life. But anyway, getting back to the book itself. Like we said, the uh, author's name is Ayinka Braithwaite. So, um, you guys want to look that up. Her first name is spelled B-O, excuse me, O-Y-N-K-A, excuse me. Um, But really, we're going to get into like the main characters of the book. So, pretty much when we start the book off, we are opening with one sister or the two main characters of the book talking to one another and someone has gotten into a little bit of a conundrum how do you use that word conundrum so basically, i don't get to use it often <laughs> so it's a little bit of a conundrum yes yeah, so um we have the two main characters here um we have corday who is the i guess to be the narrator yeah corday is the narrator mm-hmm. she's also the sister of the serial killer mm-hmm. and um She's an antisocial nurse, only feeling comfortable hanging around comatose patients. Pretty much. And her beautiful, self-absorbed sister. Younger sister, yes. And that is Ayula, and she is the sister, and she is also um, the serial killer. So we and, and we're not telling you anything that you guys don't learn at the very beginning of the book. So don't think we're, um, you know writing out the book this would definitely be a spoiler alert for (laughs) some of you but hopefully you read it because that's the gist of a book review you guys we want you to read the books with us so that when we come to review it you can give your views also and also you know go over anything that we may have missed or you felt like we didn't cover right so yeah um she definitely is a piece of work in terms of just a hot ass mess. Yeah, that's the best way to go. A hot ass, literally a hot ass mess. Like so, basically, what you have here is Corday is the like I said the narrator, but she's also the older sister, and this is her younger sister. So you're probably wondering, well, how the hell do we get here? Right. So as we get into the book, we do meet a series of other characters. We um, are introduced to. Um, the mother, of course, the family dynamic. And one thing that definitely struck me was that in reading this, you know, one of the things I read when I read that they had a, a house, they had a housemaid, not a house girl. Now I kind of forgot for a second that we are reading a book, and I guess this is important to note: the book does take place in Africa. In Africa. So if you read the physical copy, you may not really know that. Um, you know, you not you may not know how to kind of read the book uh, or you know where it's kind of taking place but the audiobook is actually in in their what do I want to say dialect or right yeah so the uh, young lady that reads the audiobook she does a very good job and I actually am glad because this time I did consume this one as an audiobook and I'm actually kind of glad I did that because um the young lady that reads it she reads it in the uh African accent so some of the words and the name pronunciations and things like that you can hear them instead of reading them and you're like i'm gonna gonna pronounce this correct so so like hearing her actually read them and pronounce them in their correct verbiage it was like okay this makes a lot more sense and i did enjoy that aspect 
um, of of it from reading it. So it would only make sense. I mean, right. the premise of the book is in Africa, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense for an American narrator or voiceover right to be reading the part so yeah so yeah like we so said the family dynamics of course you have the mother um he has a father who you learn pretty young is is deceased and i also i just mentioned the house girl in the family dynamic because you know obviously she lives in the house she's around them all the time but we the book doesn't really go a lot into like the personality or right. anything about the house girl but it does kind of let you kind of wonder a little bit did she maybe know some of the things that we find out as the book goes on. Right. But I also want to back up. Like, how many people do you know have a house girl? Not a near one. Like, I grew up in a middle class family. And the only person I had picking up after me was me. Me and me. Right. And, and me, me again. again. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't. Nobody. I don't so, even know who grew up with a nanny. That would lead you to believe that they kind of had some coinage, right? Because... Yeah. They had a house girl to kind of like cook and do cleaning for them. Yeah, and I, like I said, I don't even know nobody with it. You didn't know anybody had a nanny? No. Unless we didn't know. Um, TV characters, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know nobody in real life that had a nanny. Damn, I even... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See how we get off on the tangent. But yes, that's just kind of like one of the things um, as I was reading the book, I thought about, you know, how much maybe she know and just kind of you know never said and it's obvious they as we do read the book and go on we do find out that the father um did seem to have some sort of business dealings where it made him some money right um and in terms of how that money was made (laughs) um was not disclosed yeah it was not always disclosed or very clear i think it said he sold something but kind of gave the understanding that maybe he did some some underhanded things but nevertheless they are comfortable um so like you said uh credit is a nurse and she's a nurse right mm-hmm. and she works at a a hospital um taking care of patients and what did you i guess like when it comes to like her co-workers like for me i personally was like she reminds me of maybe what I think about sometimes when you're working with people in the office where it's like, we just work together. We don't really have to be friends. <laughs> I don't really have to talk to you. Right. We don't have to really correspond or just to me, like, I don't know how you felt. Maybe I feel like she tolerated She, she gave me that. Yeah. She gave me that vibe. Yeah. Um, But I felt like she was kind of like. Like I said, antisocial. Mm-hmm. And that's a good word. Um, but I, I want to talk more about the dynamic between the sisters. Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of like a compare and contrast. Whereas Corday was antisocial. Mm-hmm. Um, Aeola or Iola. How, how is that pronounced? It was Aeola is how they pronounced it in the audio. What, what type of vibe did you get from her? Um, she was uh, manipulative, manipulative, very, um, was very self-aware of her, um, just in terms of her appearance and the power that came with that and the, you know, people kind of being a, being able to manipulate people through that. Um, cause it didn't mention nothing about her working. It sure I, that's another thing I was going to say. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Did you <laughs> did, do you think she was a little spoiled or maybe entitled? Definitely. I definitely think, um, she was 
kind of portrayed as being a bit more sheltered. Right. Um, and partly because she was revered um, as being one of the beautiful people, I guess if you want to call it. Um, but yeah, um, and I think their dynamic, well, I'll ask you this first, like, in terms of like, just, I guess, maybe Cordain, how do you feel that she felt towards her sister? Like, how do you think her overall feeling was in terms of um, how she compared herself, I guess? I feel like she felt she couldn't live up to her sister, um, you know, because of her beauty or, you know, the attention that she may have gotten. Mm -hmm. Um... I felt like she was a little envious, in mm -hmm. my attention, in, in my opinion. Most definitely. Um, and she, you know, even when it came to the mom, I think it was mm -hmm. a part of the book where um, the mom kind of spoke on the sister. Um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, it, it was like towards the beginning of the book. Was it the part where she talked about? Um, she gave some kind of like comparisons where about she talked about um, her beauty and she also talked about um, how like she would, as uh, Corday is saying, like she would have to be accountable. Right. So like if something happened to her, like she gave an example, like of something, they went to the store, I think she said, and she got lost or something. And her mother scolded her, Corday, Corday. for losing the sister, sister, even though her sister want, you know, wandered off. And like you said, the beauty, I think. Even with Corday's description of her, if you like how she described her skin as being this beautiful, what she I think she like said like a caramel, caramel. or something type yeah. of hue, and then in contrast to how she described herself, so um, yeah, I think there was a lot of putting Ayula on the pedestal as the, the she was she was very much princess. on the pedestal, and I, I just feel like Corday felt that she couldn't live up to her sister. So the best thing that she could do for her sister is to protect her. Now, why do you think that she was so hung up on, I guess, wanting to be her sister's keeper? Because basically that's what she was in a way. Um, yeah, I think that she um, kind of felt obligated to her sister. Um, once again, spoiler alert. Well, alert. They're coming, <laughs> As we so. go forward in the book, one of the things that we find out, you know, we talk, we touch briefly on the family dynamic, and we mentioned that the father is he's deceased, deceased. Mm -hmm. and later on we do come to find out that he is killed at the hands of one of his daughters, of his daughters right? And so, of course, uh, if you haven't figured out, the daughter that ends up killing him is a for her sister, and she in no, I'm sorry, it's Corday. Corday, I apologize, it's Corday. Um, ends up killing her father to save her sister um, and I feel like that maybe in a sense she felt obligated. from that moment obligated to always be her keeper regardless to protect her because I don't think she felt the mother was, was going to do it in the way that it needs to be done um, so yeah I definitely think and a, it was an obligation a, right and Ayola witnessed her father's murder right so she definitely um, and I also you know and, and I think about that now if that is something she's never revealed, it kind of brings a lot more dynamic. And I just, I really just thought about that. She held that secret. No one knew Corday that that was what happened. Nope. So, in a sense, now it kind of brings more home, full circle. Maybe why Corday why does right. what she does. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even think of it that way, but just in that moment, see, that's why we discuss and review. That's 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 see, that's good. That's good. Yeah, but um, 
But yeah, see, we're revealing things as we talk, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, um, you know, how would how would you pick? Oh my god, how would how would you piggyback off of that? Like, how would you? You know, how what would you think about? Um, you know, their relationship and her sense of obligation to her her sister. Because of the fact that, um, you know, Corday killed him to pr protect her sister. Um, for me, I felt like everything fell into place. Um, it explained why Corday cleaned up her sister's messes, you know, fast forwarding. Like, as her sister begins to commit murders, mm -hmm. um, you know, why she would pretty much clean up after her the way she did. Mm -hmm. um, that event shaped or I think Corday felt like that event kind of shaped her sister or made her into um kind of like who she was right and yeah. um you know she 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 just felt a sense of obligation to always have to protect and cover for her sister and I mean mm -hmm. her mom didn't make it yeah any better. I think they felt the obligation to protect each other's secrets and I guess that's why whenever um, because what we do find out, I guess later on, is that Corday killed like not Corday, excuse me, Ayla killed like three, three people. people. <laughs> she killed three um, people. Starting when she was, I think they said seventeen, mm -hmm. and she would call her sister. And um, one of the things that we also learn in the book, there's um, a knife that um, their father owned, and this is usually the mechanism. <laughs> the killing baby is a little choice, and. You know, one of the things we also kind of talked about was maybe like the symbolism behind the meaning of the knife. I said, I feel like, you know, the knife represents their father. So, of course, they held on to it. But I also think it represents the worst parts of him and those things. That, and those are the things that they carry with them right. and continued on. And I know you brought up something interesting like you said about the I knife. I asked, you know, I kind of brought up the question of maybe the knife being cursed. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, um, in African tradition, mm -hmm. sometimes they kind of believe in those types of things, whether it be voodoo or rich, witchcraft or what mm -hmm. have you. Um, spirits are something that um, they kind of hold true to in their beliefs. Right. So um, I feel like that could have been a thing as well. Right. And I definitely could see that as well. So that's another um, little aspect to take from it. I do have a question for you though. Mm -hmm. Being as though Corday was the older sister and she felt obligated to cover for her um for um Ayola, um, how would you feel um or how would you act if you were in her shoes? I know, you know, in American culture, sometimes the older sibling is always the one that's kind of responsible for the younger ones or obligated maybe. Do you mean like if I knew that my sister was Doing this, yeah. Hey, nine one one. I need to make an anonymous um, report. I don't want my name recorded, but I will take any rewards that come out of it. No, like no, no. Look, I believe all in loyalty. To, you know, you can have loyalty to family. That me, I hold you down. You're right, but you got me fucked up and you're wrong. Like, cause I'm not doing it. So, and you won't give us some help. Yeah. <laughs> Helping, cause y'all look like we said earlier. I watched too much true crime. We just watched the episode of the first forty eight where everybody went down after this boy got killed. For they was going to rob, and mm -hmm. evidently the dude that they robbed shot at them, and the, one of the boys got killed. So everybody went down. 
I don't like being the, I don't like the idea of knowing that I'm accessories after the fact. Like, no. <laughs> you ain't getting me on it. Nothing. I'm telling. I'm telling y'all, don't tell me you did no crime because I'm telling. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, no, seriously. Like, I'm. And she gonna snitch. Don't y'all yeah. commit no crime around because she gonna snitch. Because I just ultimately, you know, I'll just I, I, that's just genuinely how I feel. Like I wouldn't. I don't think you would, as a, your my sister would be fair for you to ask me to to take take part in something. Right. Like don't put me in the middle of that. Like why would you jeopardize to just you my know, life? You right. You did it. So it really does kind of make me think of too. Like how much Ayla really cared about her sister she was she willing there were parts where she was literally like you know you could take the blame for this yeah. and maybe they would believe you before they would believe that i did this and how would you feel if your sister was like okay girl so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna say that he was really messing with you and i came over here <laughs> to um stop y'all from I'm fighting saying, hold so, on you know, hold on girl wait, okay, wait a minute I'm not gonna snitch, but what at that point what I'm gonna do is pull out my tape recorder. I'm gonna say, "What you say again?" Because I just got a text. I need you to repeat what you just said again, verbatim from the top. And that's how we yeah. gonna do that. And she gonna tell on herself, and she going to jail. Yeah, I when when I saw that part in particular, I was like, "Wait a minute! Did you just literally say to tell your sister to to take the blame for?" murder like what that's how i knew i think for me that was when the first time i i really realized this girl is out of touch like she's out of touch and i think mm -hmm. we also uh talked about um you kind of get a hint of that too when she went on after she just killed this man how she went on instagram yeah and then the mother called and mother she talked called. to the mother <laughs> i mean this is clear as the day hey girl just I mean like nothing happened so that's how you know you're dealing with like a psychopath okay. or, or something a straight psychopath yes what do you call those personality types I forget not a psychopath but it's um I forget it might come back to me later on we watched two yeah <laughs> that's another one yes. um how do you feel um Aola, how do you um, feel that she feels about the murders. Does she think it's her fault, uh, or does she think, I think? I know we just touched on this, but uh, actually, no. Um, I think she feels justified. I think she felt justified, and I feel like she felt that way because I think um, there were these men either pointed out flaws or they wanted to leave, and I think one of the things. Kind of touch back on something you said about the mother. One of the things that we noticed throughout the book is that Ayola is held in very high regard she did, she, she by everyone. By everyone. Yeah, that she encounters. And so um, I think for her, anybody to come across her and point out a flaw, like, how could you want to leave me? I'm perfect. Right. And I think that these men, I think at some point, may have shown her opposition or may have hinted at, you know, her not be being better. Or not right. good enough not or so something. Right. Yeah, and I think that's what would send her, you know, kind of send her over. So I think she felt because of that she was justified. She was justified in it and, you know, they criticized her. And that never go that goes back to her never having to take accountability for anything. Right. And you know, when people think that they're perfect and right, 
when they're faced with that, they don't know how to handle it a lot of times. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's very, very true here in this case. So, um, I just don't think she understood or cared to understand the accountability factor um, that came with, you know, doing what she did. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, of dynamics there with the two of them that just goes on, you know, how deep it goes. But I think it just also shows us how, like, you know, that 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 inner turmoil you have mm -hmm. we like we joked earlier but the inner turmoil that comes with having loyalty to family how loyal are, are you expected to be how loyal would you want to be yeah and and th this kind of this is one of those extreme cases where <laughs> I don't know um it, it has to be in Africa because over here it's a little different yeah, I'm definitely like I said. Hello, nine one one. I got something to tell y'all. Please don't tell her. So let's kind of um, get into like some of the other characters in the book. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk about the doctor a little bit. I know that um, Ayola has committed a few murders at this point, mm -hmm. um, but then there's a doctor that works at the hospital with Corday, mm -hmm. and yeah. Let's kind of talk about how she feels about that doctor versus how he feels about her and where her sister kind of comes in. Yeah, so the doctor is a doctor we use Tede, but basically he is a doctor that works at the hospital. And it's kind of obvious that Corday likes him. She likes him. She likes him. She did little things like she would take him lunches and be like, oh, you didn't eat. And stuff like that. Okay. So, you know, things like that. She definitely. That was, that was definitely her work bag. <laughs> right. She definitely had her eye on Work Bay, but Work Bay didn't really seem to have his eye on her. I think he just regarded her more as a co worker. Co worker, like you said before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, but that I think really all changed because up until this point, I think she, because she knew she kind of liked the doctor, she kept her sister away from the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when her sister just showed up one day, sauntering, sashaying down the halls of the hospital, that was not going to work. He was just for taking. Her by her right he was automatically he <laughs> was, was captivated yeah and it's almost like you could tell in the moment in the story when like Corday really realized like oh shit like he don't even he don't even see me <laughs> at this point <laughs> um this bitch that came up to my job and stole right. my man and now that's I guess that was one of those few times you actually genuinely saw her probably have a sore spot for her sister that she really like you know let show when this man you know when her sister came along and in a sense I think stole her man in her head right <laughs> um so like how did you feel like about the doctor himself just as like you know how he kind of treated Corday and he you know flocked to Aeola and how that may have caused a divide within them like for think? me Honestly, I had mixed feelings about um, the the doctor. And because on one hand, he completely disregarded Corday's feelings um, out of his attraction for her sister. Mm -hmm. And um, even when she tried to warn him, mm -hmm. because we haven't even gotten into that yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, um, it... it is pretty much you know she she wasn't worth dying over you know what i'm saying right. um and and that's another you know kind of like spoiler alert because of course we're talking about the fact that 
he might have got into something with the sister. So right. Um. You know, because she eventually attacks him, and um, I was just kind of I was torn between feeling sorry for him, or whether or not to feel sorry for him. So do you think? Let me ask you this then. Do you think that maybe uh, Ayla came when she came there, and she may have hinted or realized that her sister may have maybe had some type of affinity or affection towards the doctor, and maybe she. You know, maybe it was kind of like a little game to her. Oh, I think like so. This guy. She loves games. Yeah. Um, as you already pointed out earlier in the book, she's very manipulative. Mm-hmm. Manipulative. And with that being said, there there are no limits that a manip a manip. Why can't I? What's wrong with a my manipulative. tongue? Manipulative. Thank you. I don't know what the hell's going on with me tonight. You know, somebody that's full of deceit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that other word's not working for me tonight. Um. There are no limps that they would go to. Right. And um, she knows the type of pool she has. Mm-hmm. And she uses it to her advantage. I and um, I feel like she was kind of aware that her sister yeah. might have liked, you know, Dr. Bay. Yeah, I think so too. I think she kind of honed in on that. And I think at that point, it became kind of a game. And um, because I actually think about it, like it was one because you talk okay, something about the mother, and I was thinking about this earlier, but now we're talking about this part. Mm-hmm. It was one part where he actually comes to the house and he comes to see Ayola, and um, the there was a cake that had been baked, and yeah, of course, yeah, they yeah, both yeah. baked the cake, but the mama told Tade that, that Ayola, Ayola baked, baked it. the cake, so when they were eating it. And he's like, yeah, this cake is so good. You, you baked this. And she was like, huh? <laughs> like, who told you I baked this? And he was like, uh, your mama. He was, she was like, uh, my mama lied to you. <laughs> I did not bake this cake. I didn't. So to me, when she said that, I was like, she easily could have just been like, yeah, I did bake it. And took the credit for it. But to me, it almost felt like she was so, he was such a dismissive person for her. Like, she really didn't take this seriously. Mm-hmm. That she didn't care that he knew that she didn't make it. <laughs> no, she, she did. Less. But then, you know, because of Corday, um, I feel like she honestly felt that love was only for the beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't worthy of it. Mm. Like, that's the vibe she really gave off. Yeah. Um, I guess you think about that, too, just in the way she kind of described herself. Um, she didn't really accentuate anything about her that was... You know, necessarily could be perceived as beautiful or positive, or and like you said, she just even with her attitude and just position at work, it just seemed like she always was kind of looking at the gloom mm-hmm. of the situation or how am I going to clean this up. But there is one bright spot in the uh, menagerie of characters for her in this book, um, and that is a patient, yeah, that she has. Mm-hmm. And um, I was curious to know what you thought maybe the patient represented to her um, in terms of, I well, I'll say this. I feel like the patient, um, I believe his name is M- Mutar. Yeah, Mutar. He, um, I think he kind of represents kind of like her conscience. When she's doing these things with her sister, mm-hmm. I think she kind of steps outside of herself. Right. And so I think when she's able to go into this room and with talk him. to this man uh-huh. who she think laid up in his bed, 
un, you know, unconscious. I think she kind of uses that as a way to kind of, you know, vent and kind of, you know, say this is really what I want to do or how I really feel about it. Like, this is some fuck shit. And I don't want to be a part of that <laughs> shit. And she always dragged me in some bullshit. And I don't never, but I don't know how to tell her no. Right. And so, um, I think he definitely represented that for her. Just I, I agree. Um, when it comes to that, I, I do feel like he was the bright spot for her. Um, because, you know, trying to cover for somebody is heavy. And, you know, then you still have to work. Right. So. And then you still have to carry on, like, you know normal life meanwhile you got all this shit going on in the background right. and that's a lot of heavy shit bitter right how could she not be mm. her sister is many things the favorite child beautiful mm-hmm uh, possibly a sociopath that's the word I <laughs> there you go for. there you go and now you know her third boyfriend is dead so there's that that's heavy there's that so so yes and speaking on like the the boyfriend just um for a moment so one of the uh, first things we learned is that she uh, Ayola kills a guy that she's seeing and his name is Femi and um, one of the things I know he comes up very frequently because pretty much he's the murder that they're investigating right um, and so one of the things that they um, talk about is the sister if it's the sister or the mother um, there's a young lady that's asking about the death. I think it's the sister. It's the sister. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't 100% sure that was. But um, in terms of like, do you think that maybe the sister represented maybe that one? You you can fool everyone else, but you cannot fool you me. You can't fool me. And even in movies, mm -hmm. it's always one character that's like, bitch, you got everybody fooled, but... <laughs> I, I ain't the one order to. Right. And I'm going to get your ass. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, yeah, I feel like she kind of was like, I, something about her. You know, I, yeah. I and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I thought maybe also kind of too, maybe like she represented like a part of, because I mean, pretty much like we said throughout, like, Ayola is kind of really perceived as like this shallow person. But I think maybe she also, for Ayola, might represent it that conscience right even though Corday necessarily didn't know was the one I think interacted with her for the most part but I do think she kind of represents some type of consciousness the it's sister like you can't, yeah that the you other can't, sister yeah that you can't escape me you can't escape what you've done like mm -hmm. you know I'm going to eat bitch like you said I'm going to find you bitch I will find you sociopaths do have a small conscience and yeah. yeah you're right she she could have been that for her yeah um what do you what do you think about the um the incident with the policeman? She bribes um when when the policeman not she um bribes Corday. When she's in the car? Yeah. Yeah. Um you know what? When I was reading that I will say I was thinking that I was gonna go left real mm -hmm. quick. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, he's gonna snatch her out of the car and take her in the corner. I didn't know like what but you know, um it was just I don't know. I think it was interesting to read that part. And like I said, think about where my mind went to. Um, but just the idea of that, I guess no matter where you go all around the world, everybody is not above. Right. You know, money talks, basically. 
And also, I think that's where we kind of get the hint to that they had money. I, yeah, I feel like she knew that, you know, educated women kind of anger men mm-hmm. like him. And um, I wonder, um, is that how the Nigerian society depicts like women? I don't know. That'd be something to, I guess, maybe look into. But I'm not sure. Yeah. That's another book, though. Yeah. Another, another, <laughs> at another time. But, um, what was your overall, like, what, what kind of feel did you get for this book? Um, overall, I liked it. I think it was. I'm saying, what kind of vibes did it give you? Um, I would definitely say dark humor. I agree. Um, I definitely think it was undertones, like you said, it's sarcasm at times. Um, and even though it's not necessarily a who done it, because mm-hmm. um, you're already gonna know at the beginning who done it. Right. I think it's an interesting twist on just kind of looking at the psyche of the people, how the actions affect the people around them. Right. How these, because it wasn't just so much as about her killing these men; it was how her killing these men was affecting her sister and, and the family people around and her. People around right. her. So, um, what was your like overall feel like the theme or the tone of it? I mean, dark dark humor, mm-hmm. definitely. I, I felt like it was it was funny, mm-hmm. um, but then it also had serious undertones. Um, and you guys, if, if it sounds like we're going out of orders because we are, because we don't want to give you the book from the beginning right. to end, so we're purposely doing that. It's not that we're trying <laughs> to skip around, but we are. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Um. Yeah, I just um. Who did you feel bad for in this book? Who do you feel the victim was in this book? Was hmm. it Corday? Was it Ayola? Was it Corday because of her? You know what? I would actually say I think it would be for me, the doctor, Tade. Right. Because ultimately, he's the one that suffered the worst consequences. <laughs> Ironically, because. He ends up, you know, spoiler alert, but, you know, him, you know, Ayla ends up attacking him and he ends up defending himself. Right. And it's an ironic spin. He has to actually call Corday to come clean up his mess. Right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, here we are again. Clean up some of those fights and shit. But um, in a sense, yeah, I think he, if I had to say any character, it would be him because he ended up actually going, I believe, to doing time <laughs> for something he truly kind of didn't do but and they and the crazy part is is that they were both willing to say something completely different in order, and were willing to be like no we'll turn you in before we turn on each other right you know and you know because you talked about it before like him not heeding the warnings right and Corday I know she when she went to go like clean his mess up she probably was like motherfucker I tried to tell you because I know I would have been in there talking cold cash okay Nigga, before I help you, you gonna get this. <laughs> you, yeah, I, yeah, he would have had to get that. You definitely would have had to hear an earful of that. Yeah, um, but he would be it for me. What about you? Who would you say you either you know empathize with or sympathize with the most in this book or story? I don't know. I just, I guess Corday. She's just mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. I can see that. She's Daria. She's a Daria. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. I just. I wanted her to have like a 
you know, find love or something. I, I don't know. I just felt really, really bad for her. She's yeah. she's the fixer. So yeah, I think that would be a perfect description. Yeah, she is like a black Daria. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that. I can see that. It does seem like she never really had a happy. Mom, like I said, outside of maybe talking to that guy. Her patient. Yeah, her patient. But overall, in the book, she didn't really have anything to look forward to. She didn't seem to have anything that she um, held in high regard or something she was She lived to. vicariously through her sister. Right. But darkly, it was cleaning up her messes. Right. So, yeah. Um, I just, you know... I think that's pretty much it for yeah. the book. But like we did with the last mm -hmm. book, if you had to pair a song with this book, what would yours be? Uh, what would yours be first? You know, I never <laughs> looked up the name of that song. <laughs> Wait a minute. Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. You got to go when I... Mm. I'm trying to think. Oh my goodness. Um, I think that's a good one. I, I do because it is kind of like this. Now I will say, like when I visualize the backdrop of this book, mm -hmm. I do think of like a late '90s. I don't know why. I do too. I have no idea why. Because you know, sometimes you can read books the 90s and they don't give you anything to mm -hmm. make you feel that way. But you kind of paint your own scenery. You paint your own scenery. And I definitely painted my own scenery with this book. I was like, yeah, I don't know why I put it in that time frame. It could have been like last year. Shit, I don't know. But <laughs> in my mind, in my head, it was in like the, you know, the the 90s in some point. Um, but yeah, I think that's actually a good song. Um, that and so, okay, I just, um, I didn't want to steal yours. So that was such a good one. So I had to think of another one, <laughs> but actually, now I think about it, I don't know why, but um, Patra, Queen of the Pack, <laughs> I like that one, yeah. That, I, I guess I think about Ayla, like, yeah, how she was kind of the queen of the pack, of you know, even in all of her fuckery, she was still top top, she was so, yeah. So, um, that one, would be my choice. One last question, mm -hmm. um, how do you think the family dynamics kind of shape their daughters um different behaviors um actually i think they're probably a lot more similar than they realize the only difference is they all just kills people and Cordy doesn't um and i don't know which one is worse right because the one know. that's complacent or the one that's doing it right um they both have issues yeah and i think with the mother we you know kind of get the hint that she was kind of complacent and didn't really speak up. Nope. Um, didn't really defend them. And then from their father, who we find out, you know, as the story goes, he was a motherfucker. <laughs> you know, a bitch ass right. nigga. And, you know, he actually, it was one part that, like, kind of made me like, ooh, he was really a fuckboy. He, um, when they talk about him um, basically selling, it's Toya, it's Toya. That was not me. <laughs> At all. No, he just, uh, there's a part where they basically talk about him implying that he offered Ayola up to one of his business right. associates. And that's nasty. It was like, ooh. 
you know, and um, and that was the first, you know, Cordae coming to her defense and saying, mm -hmm. no, nigga, we ain't going nowhere. To the, you know, the aunt was trying to convince them, and it was crazy because she was like, you can get a cell phone. I was like, um, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> A cell phone. It's not going down. Like yeah, that. so I think that they like you know we've hint, you know we talked about them just always wanting to be each other's protector and protect because they knew that their mother wouldn't. So it's almost like Corday became the mother. That's basically to, what she was. Yeah, she became the mother. Um, and that's the mother you know, was kind of submissive. Very. Mm -hmm. That's the impression I got. She was very submissive. Because had she been stronger, they might have been different girls. Right. Um. I'm still gonna say at the end of the day, I think the housemate, house girl knew. She knew something. She had to tell your story because house girl. this wouldn't even be a book. <laughs> it would have been written by the house girl, <laughs> right? It's house I'm girl. going to the police. You bitches is crazy. Yep. And I'm out. Yeah. Not in my chair. <laughs> um. So yeah, so any, I mean, but any final like thoughts, takeaways, and I think we haven't given y'all all of the book. I think there's a lot of things that we've left out um, that if you read the book, you definitely would get a better sense of these characters and um, they'll be fleshed out for you a lot more. But I think we gave you a good, good feel for, you know, where the book is going and, and what you can expect from it. So you got any final thoughts, concerns, questions? Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out to my TED Talk. God bless. <laughs> Good night. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we pretty much covered everything. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything else except to say we will be on time more often for these yes. book reviews. Yes, it was, um, you know, the first couple episodes, y'all, you know, we were trying to kind of fill it out, see how it was going to go, how it was going to roll. Right. So um, we definitely want to look forward to you know, hearing y'all's opinions, and we definitely look forward to bringing y'all more content like this. So, um, definitely check us out on Instagram, and definitely check out the Because Black page, um, so you can get more information about you know the books that we have coming up to read. And there is going to be another one uh, announced pretty soon. So we're kind of like chopping it down to like the final selections. So. Um, and also follow the um, Because Black page right. to tell us whether you would want us to start doing like movies based on or book m movies based on books. Yeah. Um, yeah. So give us like some, some feedback, some suggestions, some ideas. Like if you have a book that you want to suggest, please let us know. Um, so we can definitely look at, you know, adding it to the rotation. So, um, I think the next one's going to be really good, though. I think so, too. I'm excited think, about that one. Yeah, I think you're going to narrow it down, but I think it's going to be a good one. I think a lot of people will... Um, I think there'll be a lot of nostalgia to this next one in terms of, like, the next chapter. Look at you dropping subtle hints. <laughs> nostalgia. Is that a... <laughs> um, good night. <laughs> The light as the light came on, y'all. Sorry, I got distracted there moments. It's like my neighbors had this really bright, bright light in the back, and every time like it comes on, I don't know what triggers it, but it's so bright every night, and it just like shines in here and it blinds the shit out of me. So I'm sorry, y'all. That just threw <laughs> me off. But yes, like we said, we will definitely be back to hopefully give y'all some more content. So yes, give us um some feedback, give some ideas. Give us some ideas. We definitely would appreciate it. Um, so I think that's that's it. I think that's what we got. 
That's all you got? I think well, I got so. It. All right. I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, me too. I'm so need to. Girl, mm. my stomach is about to start talking. That's, I'm not trying to rush, I promise. Mm. But my stomach's about to get on the mic in a minute. And <laughs> oh, man. Yes. On that note, like I said, once again, thank you, Aquaman Smith, for allowing us yes. to take over your podcast. Lady thank you G. To yes, Jesus Lady G, Sh- the lovely. And Jesus showed us work for you all, allowing us this platform. So, Until next time, you guys, we will definitely be talking to you. And we are out. Bye.